Good evening, everybody. Jaime Landeros with the Cantina MX podcast. We have a lot of stuff to cover today. The Copa por Mexico officially ended. Cruz Azul is champions, whatever that means. Uh, Liga MX will return this weekend. Atlante returns from Cancun to Mexico City. Mexico versus Netherlands. We have a date for a friendly and much, much more. We have the panel today. That's enough, DJ. The panel is here, alive and kicking, Joel and Albert. How are we doing tonight, folks? Hey, pretty good. <laughs> same, same. Guys, 2020, if someone was to tell you Cruz Azul would win a, a tournament, some silverware in 2020, what would, you, <laughs> would you think it's the end of the world? Because I think it's the end of the world. <laughs> no, not, not surprised. Oh. I, I had them pegged as... League champions back when um, when Pelias came and they did reach a final, and and the table was set, even though he left, and then there was this this madre with uh, the directiva, but I heard that some of the older players uh, they rallied around the team, they made sure that I think yeah Victor Garces wouldn't be going into the locker room. And they backed up the coach Sivoldi, and um, they were doing good before the, you know, before all this thing has happened. And so, not surprised, man. Not surprised. They're the they're the preseason champs. Yeah, and speaking I, of, I do think they're speaking of. Oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, speaking of Pelias, is that true? <laughs> no. no, that's. Basically, yeah. I mean, just because I, I think they have, you know, their squad is one of the strongest, and they've been pretty consistent. And we talked about this. I don't know. If we talked about it last week, but we talked about how, like, how America was their boogeyman, and how they've slowly been turning that around. And in this cup, they they whooped on them, you know. Well, we gotta like speaking of setting the table. When you when you mentioned set the, setting the table for this victory, I think when I set the table earlier today for dinner, uh, <laughs> my cup my cup where I drank my horchata from was bigger than the cup that uh, Cruz Azul won from this tournament. <laughs> I think what kind of, what kind of what kind of minuscule cup and uh, lack of merit was this was this uh, tournament win anyway? <laughs> this is like I, some preseason. Like... like I I would praise them more. <laughs> for that like they won the copa Mekis like not too long ago so that's you know this thing is sort of ridiculous i will and then when you mentioned Sivoldi, now i i'm yeah. not fully on top of all this thing but there was some beef uh, earlier last week i, I guess between the cruz azul okay so this is i like i said i'm not i'm not on top of all the details you guys can correct me but everyone is hating on uh, Aquino for complaining and uh, mm. and fighting with them with uh, Cruz Azul, especially with Sivoldi, because apparently Sivoldi was uh, making fun of Tigres and you know their loss and all this stuff, and the Tigres players were upset and responded back to him. There's a no beef, and then at the end, Sivoldi Sivoldi was asking all acting all holier than thou, like he was you know he was not doing anything wrong. They came at him, and he was just responding. I, I don't know so if it's true or not. It's, it's part of the game to me. 
getting getting on people's skin and uh you know i think that's that's also part of the part of the game i may i shared the the video where you could hear the the smack talk and you you see the player telling Sivoldi like let's go outside and, and duke it out yeah, was Pizarro. Pizarro was you know he, he was using the argentinian uh phrases and, what we know as conchas, um, but uh, <laughs> that's bread. That, was he offering his sister's bread? Why you said yeah, la concha tu hermana? No, it was the gonna, mother, the mother's bread. It was the mother's bread. They have so. coffee and. and... <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, everyone's hating on Tigres, which I don't think they should be. I think they should look at Siboldi. He played the innocent guy, and 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 he was probably not being a very good winner, not being a a fair winner, you know, gloating a little bit. And so Tigre's response, I wouldn't say it's, you know, undeserved. You know, triggered. You know, un unjustified. You're saying he, he, Pizarro got triggered, Chiquis. Pizarro got triggered, but, <laughs> well, I guess you can, okay, in that aspect, you can say Pizarro and Tigres got trolled by a troll in Siboldi. He triggered them. He couldn't handle it. And, you know, he, he came out on top. But, uh, so uh I, before we go any further let's just back up for the for the audience so there was uh copa por mexico it was the semifinals. uh cruz azul who won all three games played against the little little tigers they tied <laughs> and they they went to uh they went to penalties and in the penalty shootout cruz azul won and and that's where the shit talking started and that's where pisado was saying you know go go f your mother your you know and all that so for a tournament and for a tournament that was uh supposed to be friendly and supposed to be like a warm up for the for the regular season it has done amazing as far as the the numbers the Chivas America game the the other semifinal got more uh than a million uh views and in fact it had the most views uh, of a soccer game in the United States this year. So it, it just goes to show that although this was a preseason tournament, there is a huge demand for Liga Mekis. And I think that the the trophy, the Cruz Azul trophy that they were holding at the end was appropriately sized for, for the prestige of this tournament. But can you see this tournament, number one, reoccurring next season? And number two, it reoccurring here in the United States? Yes, I can, and I, I, like you mentioned, that's that's what I've heard is is one of the plans is to make it a yearly tournament, and then if it does good, twice a year, uh, so summer, winter, preferably as a preseason tournament, and then just just the you know same format, and uh, I, yeah, I could I could see it doing good, man. I I could see it. I could see that fans going and the teams, man, they got pretty heated. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There is no such thing as a uh, as a friendly. Makes sense. It, I mean, there, anytime you play, even even as a friendly, and if you do jabs and stuff like that, you know things are going to get heated. I don't think when you think of oh this happened, even in a small insignificant tournament, like why would it happen? Why, why are people going to care? That, that doesn't have anything to do with it. If you're yeah. playing in a competition, you're going to compete. And if you have the desire and if you're a professional, you're going to go out to win. 
no matter well, what it is, even if you're playing Danicas or something like that. <laughs> you're also being televised. I think that also gets the emotions flowing. You know, then if you're just playing, you're just playing, you know. You know, one it's, thing, it's, like, well, since there's no fans, also you can hear every single word that everyone's saying. So if Sivoldi's <laughs> over there mumbling under his breath, then almost you could be like on the other side of the field and hear that stuff. So that's one aspect. Yeah. I've, like I said before, I'm a big fan of of uh, not hearing the crowd noise just so I can hear the shit talking. Because I, I hate the fake fan noise. I love hearing these players say whatever's on their mind. And uh, it's things that you don't really have access to normally. Um, but yeah, Cruz Azul won. Uh, they beat Chivas in the final. Uh, Guadalajara was up 1-0 with a goal from Alexis Vega. And then an auto goal by Iramir tied things up 1-1. And then right before we are going to go into penalties, uh, they added a five minutes of stoppage time. Uh, the 94th minute with like 30 seconds, uh, Tibu or Tiba, uh, he elbowed the, uh, the Cruz Azul player inside the box. It was a last-minute penalty call. And Cruz Azul uh, put it away. And after the game, both uh, Vergara and Pelaez were, they, they got from the stands, they went all the way to the field, and they had, uh, <laughs> they gave the referee a, a, some lip. And uh, so much for keeping your distance and, and wearing a mask. Uh, Pelaez was not having either one of those things. <laughs> he was really upset. He really wanted to win this. Yeah, he had some harsh words, man. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I think, all right, cool. Like, Pelaz obviously has his players back, but I think he made the mistake of going after the referees when in reality he was just doing his job. It was kind of a of a, of a soft call, but what is Tiba doing with, a, with the elbow inside the box? I mean, you, I would be yelling at the player, not necessarily the, the referee. That's an easy... That's an easy cop-out right there. So, so like Chiki was saying, how because there's no fans, uh, you could just hear what people are saying, the players, but also like the, you know, the, the, the staff. And so, so he was heard saying from the stand, imbecile, uh, you dirty rat. Or it says rata de mierda. Like this, it would be wow. shitty rat. Uh, <laughs> It's not a penalty, and so that's what he was saying. But then when he, when he goes down and he confronts him, he says, "Why did you invent the PK? Where did you get that from? You didn't see it." Uh, so he was right on his face telling him that. And uh, wow. yeah, well, he's he wants to win, man. He wants he wants to start putting trophies. Uh, yeah, he hasn't, but he's 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 been close, you know. I think he'll get one. Chilax, Pelias. So is uh, is is Pelias and Chivas a, a little team like Tigres because they're whining about uh, not winning this little cup? Another <laughs> <laughs> equipo chico. <laughs> well, see, that's that's. I think this is the double-edged sword where we want the teams to be more passionate, but at the same time we belittle the our own tournaments, you know, and, and you can't have it both ways. But I think. Playing often and against each other creates these type of rivalries and makes the games more intense. 
sort of like what you see in Argentina, man. Those guys could be playing. You know, it could be beach soccer, and they still they they're not gonna want to lose. They can be freaking be a charity waiting in line at the DMV, and they'll still find a way to <laughs> fight each other. And and you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a different level of intensity. But I I will yeah. say I I do agree with you where it's like it is a double edged sword because if you flip it around and Chivas win this tournament, everybody in the league will be making fun of them, like <laughs> oh yeah, you guys think you you know. You guys brought in Pelas and, and all these signatures to bring in silverware, and here you go. Here's like a little cup. And then um, if they lose, it's like, oh, haha, I can't believe you guys lost this like mean, meaningless uh, cup because America fans were salty, man. I mean, we we creamed them. It was <laughs> I mean, it was four two. Yeah, they got they got a goal last minute four three. But you could tell that they've th- it is their third game in this tournament where they conceded four goals. So it is not looking good for America. I don't care if it's preseason. It 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 goes. I don't think this this is gonna look good for them going into the regular season. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Those games are pretty good, like the scoring and all that. So I'm. Oh, you you cut out there, hold. Hello. We lost Joel. We lost Joel. It's probably uh, an America fan came and uh, cut his signal. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the first the first jornada, uh, Chivas will play León. America will play Pachuca. Monterrey, Toluca. Pumas, uh, Querétaro. Wait, Querétaro? Yeah, Querétaro. Uh, Tijuana, Atlas. Cruz Azul, Santos. Um, and then you have Mazatlán FC versus Puebla. Tigres, Necaxa. Juarez and Atleti San Luis. I like had to do a double take because I, I forgot which teams are left. They keep doing uh, musical chairs with all the teams. So I, I was like, wait, what? Who's in the league anymore? I forgot. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention after the, I didn't see America Chivas game, but afterwards, didn't uh, Piojo sort of like get in front of the press and give like a little press conference? And he seemed, uh, uh, to enjoy, I guess, the spotlight and sort of explain the situation in a calm manner, as opposed to these other guys. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch the press conference after, but um, I did see a little photo of him photoshopped, and he was just like a little peel, like a little flea, just like hella, <laughs> hella small. That little guy. Yeah, I thought that oh, was really yeah. funny. Um, I honestly think that. Uh, <laughs> This is going to be, you know, everyone always likes to put America as like a contender to win the season, but I honestly think that they're in a in a rut right now. Probably the best time to be in a rut because it's preseason, but I I, I don't know if uh, if this is going to be uh, a year where America do anything significant. Then again, there's 12 out of out of 18 teams that are going to make the Liga, and and Joel mentioned uh, mentioned to me before the before the call that. We're going to have five substitutes. Five. Yes. How, how do you guys feel about that? I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't mind. I don't mind because I've seen how sometimes it affects the team where it's you'll have an injury and, and uh, I, you know, you want to supplant that player, which it kind of sucks for the other team that that maybe they had. A, but, see, this, this is the thing, though. Um, 
You have five subs, but you only have three chances to make them. Oh, interesting. So it's uh, yeah. If you're gonna use them, you have to use them in like bit in in twos or in yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wait, but so I expl- would explain explain this to me. Why why are five subs? Why the five subs? Why is that needed? Oh well. This, uh. I think this is actually uh, FIFA's doing. It's not Liga Mekis. It says FIFA has realized a modification because of the pandemic. Five substitutes. Yeah. Five substitutes in three opportunities. Um, Why though? <laughs> and there, huh? I think. There you go. I think the reason why they're doing it is because the players are just getting back into shape. And they're going to need more, more time. Like you're not going to have or, a full fit team for a while. Or it could be an excuse to try it out. <laughs> you know, just just to try it out. Uh, <clears throat> FIFA's always been pretty slow in in implementing changes to the game. You yeah, know, but yeah. I do think, I do think like five is not. Even if you were able to make five, it's not a bad thing where it's like you know at one point there was no subs at all right there's like none if you, if you got hurt you left your team uh without any players uh i mean you know with a player less mm. and so you know but i do think like especially if you want to see more attacking soccer you know and and it helps where you throw in more fresh legs and i, I do think oh, okay. uh it, it, Actually, you know, sort of like basketball. Imagine if basketball couldn't couldn't rest players. I don't think the game will move that fast. In the fourth quarter, they'll be doing long shots. Hasn't stopped LeBron <laughs> James. <laughs> <Every> angle. <laughs> LeBron James doesn't get subbed out. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you get to sit down and rest. And, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. But imagine if you could, only three players could do it, and then they, and, I... uh, and only once. You know, you know what I would have liked to seen. I would have liked to seen a player that got subbed out be able to get back in. I would have rather seen that than five subs. You know, uh, I'm. I don't like. That's that. That reminds me of like uh, amateur U.S. play. But no, I was I was reading this this uh I guess this statement this screenshot that Hello posted. So it yeah. says that the modification was made thinking of of the leagues that were going to resume activity of the suspended. Uh, leagues so so that does make sense as to like what Hillel was saying so say Klausura um, was still going you know they were going to resume Klausura it was suspended because of COVID and they were going to resume it so that's like a, you're you're just like all of a sudden dropping right back into high level competition in the league and if your players you know have been out for like two or three months um, due to the suspension the, pan- the pandemic then you're going to be you're going to be hurt and they're not going to be in shape. So so that makes sense for the five subs to be placed in there so that you can have a more competitive game. But Mexico, it says Mexico decided to conclude the clausura dos lente. So that doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really apply. It doesn't make sense. They had their break and then they went back and they had their concentrations for preseason for uh, apertura. So the, the five, it seems like the five subs was more for the suspended tournaments. Instead of like a, a starting a brand new tournament like Mexico's doing right now. I think yeah, but, oh, go- yeah, but my cheek is that that 
Yeah, keep in mind that the other tournaments are long season format. So, and, and, and the Mexico's tournament is two, you know, two short ones. So, technically, it would be the same if they were a long season. Had they well, suspended I mean, it, it was still, it was, it was still, it's still sort of the same though, because the short season, even though, okay, it finished, it would have finished. Well, they they were finished sort of on the set. They were set to finish sort of at the same time, I guess. Maybe in Europe that goes a little bit longer, but they were both stopped at the same time. Europe came, went back to playing earlier, uh, and so that that makes sense for them to have these extra subs to to continue at a high uh, at a high level right in the middle of their season. For Mexico, their their season was canceled, so they're in summertime. They're in break normally, so their break was just extended because of COVID. And then when they came back to to train, they're training for a start of a whole new season instead of like dropping right back into the middle of a season. So that's the only difference. It doesn't really because everyone's going to have a summer break, whether you're long season or short season. My my issue with the five substitutions, and I don't know if you guys uh, discussed this already, um, the amount of stoppage time that they're adding because these games are five. I've seen 10 minutes. I mean, I know that they're doing like a a water break like at 20, 25 minutes, but it's it's getting ridiculous. Like the amount of stoppage time that these games are getting, we're starting to see a lot of teams score in these in these last minutes of the game, and that's really affecting the score line. So uh I I I don't like I don't like it. <laughs> you wouldn't think it's not exciting. It's exciting, but the thing about it is the Liga Mekis has always been entertaining. You know, it's always been this way. Like, it's not like the Premier League or like these other leagues where it's more sophisticated and there's more, you know, there's more IQ in the plays and stuff. Uh, with Mexico, the league is just entertainment, like straight up, you know, sloppy defending, uh, you know, coaches talking shit. You got, you already have the drama. I mean, it's already there. So I, I, I extending the games four, five, ten minutes. It's it's like wow, man, it's getting a little bit out of well, hand. It's, it's it's had its fair share of, of of boring games, man. Uh, but I just think because we follow it, it's it's even some of the lesser games seem more exciting to us. But I I, I see your point on the stoppage time. Because I was wondering why, why five in three, you know, and I think that's that's to prevent that, since you're going to, you know, it's gonna be the same. It's three cambios, regardless. So I, I think it'll, I think that's that's what they did it to avoid to avoid all this, you know, using the subs as to kill time. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Like only allowing three opportunities to do five subs, or else, yeah, or else people are just gonna try and milk the clock. Um, I just hope it's a temporary measure. I, I would not like to see like five subs as a permanent thing. I think three is fine. If the game goes to extra time, you get an extra substitution. I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, you know the the league's gonna start up again. Uh, I think uh, everyone's really excited. Uh, Chivas have officially signed with Telemundo. So if you are here in the United States, 
Telemundo will be the house of Chivas. No more Chivas TV. If you're in Mexico, it's going to be Easy TV. Uh, Albert talked about it last last week. Uh, do you do you have any more details on Easy TV? Is it is it kind of just like a internet TV provider in Mexico, or is that a what is it? Yeah, when I was looking up at up it uh, last week, it was, uh, it's pretty much like a, an application. So I think you can watch use it to watch stuff on your phone. Yeah, let me let me look up some more stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, we Chivas fans are already familiar with Telemundo. Andres Cantor used to call the games. Unfortunately, it was during the dark times of Chivas. We were relegation bound, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, he didn't really get to celebrate our highs. But I, I actually, I, I the only thing about Telemundo, at least here in the Bay Area, uh, they don't have a HD signal. So I'm. When I watch these games, I'm going to be back in, like, the 90s, unfortunately. Like with the green screen. <laughs> it's bad. And, you know, the funny thing is, I remember when Andres Cantor used to be on Univision in the 90s, and Chivas used to play on Sundays, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So ah, yes. it's kind of like reliving my childhood because the the quality of the picture is going to be the same. <laughs> 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 From oh, the 90s, man. bro. <laughs> But you know, he's a good comer. You know, I like I like his play by play. I agree. I just really, like his, I, really. I like his grito. You know, he's it's it's legendary. So, so actually, Easy is a cable channel. Oh. Um. So it is a cable channel. It is an app as well. Um. The problem that people are saying is that it. Um. I guess you have to pay for it. But it's not covered in many uh, many of the cities in Mexico. Mm. Like the, there's a lack of coverage. So ah, the same okay. was with 2DN. So when when uh, when Chivas had to they renegotiate with Televisa, they were in 2DN, not 2DN. Uh, is it two, which one is it in Mexico? I think it is 2DN. In Mexico right, too. they have their 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 sport. Mm-hmm. They're all sport, but because Unimas is, uh, yeah. Well, that 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 one is it's also the same. It's it's cable and it's paid, so that meant less people were able to see it. So that did affect Chivas because on on open TV, they were averaging eleven million. And at pay, they get less than half of that. So, I mean, and you kind of need that for the sponsors. Wow. 11 million. You know, because, yeah, because now if you're going to sponsor something on Chivas, they could charge more because that's how many people on a weekly or bi-weekly are going to be watching. Um, Yeah. But that's, that's the good thing that in the U.S., you know, U.S. is only about two million, or a million point five or something, but you know it's it's over here. It's like different in that it's it's just more money. Yeah, you know, or the whatever sponsorship. While we're speaking of sponsors, I think it's interesting that Caliente has officially sponsored the entire league, not just Chivas, but the entire league. They're a gambling oh. site, I think, or gambling. What is it? Some, they have something to do with gambling, right? Caliente. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a gambling yeah, site. They're it's like, like a, a bet, bet 360, or what is that, bet 360 or whatever they have in Europe? Yeah. You should know, Chiki. Weren't you doing oh. that? Oh. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Juan. That's Juan, man. That was... Juan does the day trading. <laughs> I thought you... <laughs> uh, yeah. So, wait, they took over the bank? Uh, I I think they're just adding to the... I think they're just one of the uh, one of the co-sponsors now. Yeah. Oh, they're one of the main. Yeah. The main sponsors, not. Which. I, because the main one is the bank, so the league is called the. The, the, you know, the league of yeah. BB Wait, something. How do you say? How do you say? Because it's in Spanish, B and and B B chica B grande. So how do you say when they're next to each other? This is this is pocho. Be, 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 yeah. yeah. This is this is. Pocho, pochoness right now. It's coming out of me. <laughs> bebe uv. No, it's bebe uva. Bebe uva. Because okay. oh. it's So it's a U because it looks like a V. It's a V. Well, it's a U V. It's a it's a U. It's a V that looks like a U. That's why it's called uve. Oh. oh. Okay, I guess I see why they did it because of the A. So it could look like all you know, mm-hmm. like with with the um the graphic they have. Like their logos, it looks, it looks spiffy, cause he, yeah, cause the A looks like the inverted B. Uh, see, so yeah, it's a four, it's a four-year contract, I guess, with uh, with Liga MX and Caliente. Yeah. Wait, but not as main sponsors. Uh, I think uh, they're the first uh, sponsor, a digital sponsor. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. Like, I don't know if it would say main or what. Yeah. I don't think so because it would have mentioned that the league is now called, you know. Caliente firma acuerdo con Liga MX por cuatro años. Será primer patrocinador digital. Okay. So they're digital, digital digital sponsor, meaning they're going to be plastered all over the, the. It reminds me of like when some people have like a. Like a quinceañera or a wedding. Oh, you got the padrinos. Yeah, the padrino de mesa. Padrino you got the you got the Godfather for the for the knife for the chairs for the DJ for the knife for the cutlery <laughs> for, the, for the plastic spoons and forks. <laughs> Por la la bebidas the las las fantas y la cerveza y, you know. Man, so that's what Liga makes is now, huh? Hey, Look man. <laughs> All type of sponsors. You now. said you said we Padrino. the the league lacks last lacks investment. So there we go. We got. I do think no, it's, it's isn't it kind of shady though that like you're being sponsored by a website that makes money off of the scores. You know, so like how much no, how much of that is being uh, affected? You know, like no, we've seen it in in Europe. They were sponsoring one of those betting sites was sponsoring some teams yeah. a while back. It's kind of. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you, 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 Mexico has already been controversial for corruption, and you know, this is just adding more fuel to the flame. Uh, you, I don't think so much. Wait, you know what? I don't think it's so much that it's a betting site, but that the betting site owns teams within the league. So oh, like that's Caliente correct. Owns, so, yeah, Pachuca. No, not. They not own Pachuca, uh, Tijuana. Cholos. Yeah. Cholos and didn't they buy Juarez or? or I think you're right. Yeah, I think they did buy Juarez. Both teams on the border. Yeah. Uh, 
So that's that's where it gets a little like, you know. You know what's crazy? The Mexican musical chairs have not stopped and Atlante that were that were relocated to Cancun are returning to La Ciudad de México and their home will be El Estadio Sul, which I thought was getting torn down, but apparently it's not. And uh, Atlante is going back to Mexico City. So uh, they're still going to be in the second division, but they're back home. Unless they're renting it until they build a stadium, you know, and then after that they could tear it down. Yeah, I'm just reading the uh, the presser. That was well, that was their stadium before Cruz Azul. Was so it that, really? That was Azulgrana. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. They used it before. Cruz Azul played the Azteca, and Cruz Azul will play the Azteca. Cruz Azul uh, originally they're from Hidalgo. Oh okay okay, yeah um, I remember Atlante in the nineties and. They shared the stadium with uh, America, and uh, they had. But some... they moved. They moved. They switched. And then they, they did and, the switch of Rooney. And then they did. I remember they did move to uh, to the Estadio Azul, right? Yeah. But I always thought I always thought Azteca was too big of a stadium for for like Necaxa and Atlante. I think that affected them. You know, that's just too big of a stadium. I, I think they they needed a small stadium where. They could have like their home fans and all that. You know, it's ironic because when they went to Cancun, they won a title, and then they just disappeared out of existence. <laughs> like they they won the title and then boom, second division. Like it was it was pretty fast, and uh, I'm I'm sure it's really hard to create a fan base out in Cancun. You know, it's just a different lifestyle. I think like beach beach soccer would probably be more of a of our thing over there. Um, but you know, I've always thought that they were a big club and, and, uh, I would like to see their return into the first division. You know, I think that, uh, they gotta, they gotta, yeah, they're one of the older, yeah, they're one of the older teams. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not like a, a team with no history. They have a lot of history. Um, speaking about history, isn't there a, huh? Go ahead. I was going to say real quick, didn't the Atlante logo used to appear in the in the stands in the Azteca? I think they had some, but that's when they had all those teams playing. Like there was the America one, the Atlante so, one, and then... So America, uh, America used to be in that stadium from 1947 to 1955, and then Necaxa, 1950 to 1955, and then Atlante, uh, three stints. 1947, 1983 I'm not too familiar with uh, with EFE, so I don't know uh, if John was here or Randy could tell us. But I always felt like uh, EFE is pretty huge, and there's probably areas where they could 
you know, put a stadium and try to like be like the the team for that area, you know, sort of like what you see in London and like Buenos Aires, where you have teams in different districts, and then the fans rally behind those teams because they're like they're the home team, you know, they're in the neighborhood. Yeah, well, I think. Well, I don't know, but this is. I think the South is the, isn't there like the district of Santa Fe where all the rich, <laughs> like all the skyscrapers and all the, that's where the, uh, the nice buildings, the wealthy yes, is towards the South of South, uh, Southwest of Mexico city. And then the Azteca on, on the opposite side, I guess. So it's sort of, it's, it's, they're closer proximity to each other. Whereas the north, it's uh, there's nothing in the north, pretty much. As far as football stadiums. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really big city. I think they could, they should have been taking more advantage of it. You know. FC FC Iztapalapa, man, para el mundo. Let's get it going. Guys, it has been two thousand. 214 days since Noera Penal. And uh, <laughs> the reason. Well, well, you know what? Huh? I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Marquez recently went on record in an interview and he he admitted that he did. He did. Uh, Step on him? There was indeed contact and it was called. So, Sierra Penal. Oh. The reason I, I bring this up because it's a obviously a painful memory for everybody. Uh, there, we have had an official announcement. Mexico will be going to Holland uh, in October and they will be playing them in a friendly. So the first friendly announced by the national team this year post-COVID. How do we feel about this? Can it? It's the type of friendlies that a lot of the fans were always asking for, you know? Well, I mean, isn't it weird that after we beat them or after we lost to them, we had a friendly with them later that year, and that was when Piojo was coach and he convinced Carlos Vela to return to the national team. He ends up scoring a goal or two in that game. We end up beating Holland like 2-1 or something. So I feel like we have a special... Didn't that piss off a couple fans? Yeah, I remember being in the forum and some fans were were pissed off. <laughs> I was upset. Think what could have been? Yeah, I'm like, yo, if you would have came to the World Cup, man, we would have we would have beat that. We you were the missing factor in that game. Um, but I I don't want to get into that. I I for 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 for, for me uh, hearing this, I find it very very tough to believe because in order to get inside of Holland, you have to be in quarantine for two weeks. So does that mean that the players are going to go to Holland two weeks before the game and wait and then go inside the country just for a friendly? I think it's very mm. interesting. The fact that they're doing it over at, uh, you know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If Unless it's like, like they're kind of streamline them. Like, like from the airport, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be quarantined. So you're at the airport, they pick him up, take him to some hotel, and then to the stadium. They're not going to be 
sightseeing. They're not going to be visiting, you know, hot spots. They're not going to be having parties with the scorts. Uh, you know, if it's, if they're keeping them on a tight leash. <laughs> they're not going to go in the red light district is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the Mexican team, man, they, they like to party a bit too much sometimes. I don't know if like they're going to make an exception for them because they're professional athletes and they're obviously under different, um, regiment versus like a normal person that's just trying to travel. But, uh, we were talking about this earlier, like, okay, well, usually when you announce friendlies, usually it's, it's a package. There's two games that you announce. So we only have one. So I don't know if maybe they're going to play them twice or maybe they're still working on, on a second opponent, but, uh, it will definitely be nice to see the team together. And, and, uh, I mean, I haven't seen a Mexico game since, I don't even... Did they have any friendlies this year? I don't even know. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't even but remember. But you're right about about the about the Mexi tour. They always package two of them. They call it the Mexico tour. And they'll have two games. Uh, but maybe because of the whole COVID stuff, it might just be one. Uh, but, but also, we shouldn't be surprised if they do end up naming the second game, you know, in a few days. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting. Uh, obviously, Raul Jimenez is having a great season. You have Tecatito Corona, who's a starter for Porto, Guardados. He's the captain of Betis. Uh, it seems like we have like half of the players that are in Europe are, are somewhat of a staple on their teams. The other half are scraping for minutes. Um and then we have some players in Liga Mekis that are killing it, like Macias and uh, you know some other players. Um, so I, I think it'd be nice for 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 them to get together and just see how things are. And I mean, twenty twenty two is not that far away. You know, Qatar, it's gonna be in the it's gonna be in the in the in the winter. But we kind of want to get an idea of what a starting lineup might look like for twenty twenty one when the qualifiers start. I think you can name it right now, um, Jaime. I think you were to go off the top of your head. Let's hear it. I want to hear your starting lineup. You... La Chonkis? Well, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, would, I want to say starting lineup, but I would just say players. Like players in the team. Uh, obviously, Ochoa, you know. And then um, Jimenez. You know. Ochoa is having a bad time right now, man. I would. Yeah, but but you have players that are, like, they might not look good with club, but at the national team, you know what what they're capable of, you know, you know, and uh, they've proven themselves time and time again. So I, and it's three keepers. So, but I think of the ones that are right now, he's you know he's a veteran guy right there like the team leader so I, I i still i don't think they would exclude him unless some other dude was on fire um you know that's just and, so, so on point that yeah it becomes you know there's no discussion in uh in in boxing they call it ring rust but i don't know what they call it in soccer <laughs> but ochoa has not looked sharp at all he needs some wd-40 he needs something, man, because 
It's a Swiss cheese right now, man. Full of holes. Yeah, maybe he gave up with this whole club stuff, man. Maybe he got fed up, you know? He had his heart set in Europe and, and, and no le fue bien. He ended up just... Let me, let me, let me defend him a little. I didn't, yeah. I saw the highlights. I saw the, actually, I saw the, the baile. What was the, the, they put the, they put the Salina music on it. The uno, the cuatro, but, but I'm, 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 I'm going to say, like, I just saw the highlights real quick. I didn't see the game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there were some good shots. Were they not? He was, he was just pretty much beaten. It wasn't like he made grave mistakes or, you know, it seemed to be some good uh, good shots that weren't easy to stop. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Um, the the first goal that Macias scored like 20 seconds into the game, literally all right off kickoff, it hit off the post. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he's going to get that. The second goal with Alexis, it was a wall pass. It was, it was all right. Not much he could do there. Uh, the goal from Brizuela, no, no goalie can do that. And it's just... Uh, but I'm not necessarily talking about the the Chios America game, but just in, in in overall in this tournament. Again, he he ate over 12 goals uh, in in three games, which is that's a lot. Yeah. So I, I would I would look at his I would look at his defense. Like what what is going on in the defense <clears throat> to allow these opportunities? But uh, yeah, we'll <clears throat> see. It's interesting that you brought that up about America in the in this season. Um, that'll be something to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Joel said you you have an idea of who's gonna be who's gonna be on the Mexican national team. Um, I would like to have uh, Jurado get a shot. You know, I think he's he's uh the prospect. I think he's a good goalie for. He was a great goalie for Veracruz. Now he's at Cruz Azul, and you know, Chuy Corona's not yeah, get, he, not getting. He was he was subbing. Was wasn't he? <clears throat> wasn't he just playing the cup? Like, I think Corona was still the starter. I don't know if he's still the starter. Maybe in this tournament they're giving him more minutes, but, you know, he's one of those co- he's one of those goalies that you, you, you just want to at least see what he's what he's got, you know. Um, unfortunately, Gudinho has not panned out. He's not, the, he's not the player that we thought he was going to be, even though he's really, really big and tall. Um, I think I, I, I think behind Ochoa. I told people Toño. Yeah. I told people Toño was going to be man. the wing one. Tonyo, Tonyo uh, has a Pirates of the Caribbean look right now, but <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> I like that look, man. I like that look. <laughs> uh, he looks like he's about to hang out with Johnny Depp in uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. But no, he's he's been solid, man. He's been a great goalie for, for Chivas, and um, I think he's the number oh. two goalie right now behind Ochoa. Cuidado's 22. Um, I, I don't know. I think he should qualify for the Olympics. You know, he got suspended, but they're gonna they're still gonna they still rehost him. And I think he would I would like to see him start there. Yeah, I, I, I think at this rate, Ochoa, if he doesn't, you know, break a leg or something, I think he'll probably still make it to the Qatar World Cup, even at his age. Um, but we, you just want to have someone in the, you know, someone that they're ready to, 
to put in there, you know, to re- to take over the reins because the goalkeeping position has never been a position that I've ever worried about in the past. Mexico has always produced really great goalkeepers, but <coughs> right now it's like I, I really can't think of anyone that's ready to take the throne over, man. There's not been someone that's really stuck yeah. out and, and said, yep. And this- but, you know, or, or just performances. I mean, I don't – I think when it comes to Selección, I don't think – you know, I think there's a little doubt that he he could do his job, you know? No, I mean like I, I don't I don't see anyone coming to take the throne, you know, anytime soon. And that's that oh, that, yeah, ha- yeah. that hasn't been the case, you know. It was it was Conejo, it was Campos, you know, and then for a little time it was Conejo, but then it was Waldo. And then you kinda yeah. always knew who the next goalkeeper was gonna be. Ochoa never got a fair shake on uh, unfortunately. Uh he, he he didn't become the starter until like the Brazil World Cup. It should have been 2010. But, like, usually you have a goalkeeper for, like, a decade, you know? Usually, like, you don't have to worry about that position. But right now, we don't really know, you know? There's no one really stepping up to the to the spot. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, how old is Cota? Because he's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think he was... I think, he's I think his, best, his, his best moments were at Guadalajara. He's 33. Yeah. So, yeah, he won't. He won't. I think we're covered for this cycle. For next, for next is when we should worry. But I think going into this 2022 World Cup, I think we're, you know, I think we should be worried about that. And then who knows, but after then, you know, I think, some of these guys, like the Jurados and the Tatonios, and some of these guys will be much older and more experienced. Yeah, um, I'm going to play a clip uh, that you sent me, uh, some high praise for Raul Jimenez. Uh, you guys won't be able to hear it, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to play it right now for the, for the listeners real quick. Just give me a second. Is he a Champions League player? Yes or no? If the answer to that question is yes, then he has to think bigger and better right now. I don't doubt the Wolves are going in the right de- direction. I don't disagree with anything you say. They don't have to sell I, him. I, I, they don't have to sell him. He doesn't no, have to, don't have to sell him. No, no, but we're talking about the individual. Mm-hmm. He is a wonderful footballer, honestly. He is... He is... Uh, alongside... He is... Uh, alongside Harry Kane, I think he's probably... the net, When I talk about number nines, I'm talking about... That's that type of striker. Aguero, for me, is not the, the type of stip, stereotypical type of number nine. OK, he's a different type of player. He's more of a 10 and a nine Aguero. So when so is Harry Kane, I suppose, in some ways. But I'm talking about that type between the three of those. He's up there. He's he's, he's in the same bracket as Kane, Aguero. Um, who, I, I think that's probably it in the Premier League, unless you want to, you know, come up with someone else. He is that good. So uh, the British people are really that. praising Raul Jimenez, and the guy commentating was saying that he's in that same bracket with Kane and Aguero as far as the in the Premier League. He's he's that good, um, and yeah. we're we're always gonna be the last ones to 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 agree because we're Mexican and we hate other Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for the rest of the uh, Premier League, nothing but praise for for Raul Jimenez who just became a father. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, congrats. He had a baby girl. 
Arya, I don't know if it's Game of Thrones uh, influence, but yeah, he's he's on a 14 goal league streak, so that's impressive. And one goal he does with the when he gets the rebote, he, he shoots like a volley. Oh, that was beautiful. First yeah. first time said, yeah, that's something else, man. Oof, but yeah, he's. Let's hope he maintains that form up until the World Cup. Yeah, I agree. I think that very, very, very quickly, <laughs> uh, Javier is going to be put to the side, and it's going to be between Raul Jimenez and JJ Macias, I think. Well, well, yeah, and you know what? Chicharro's never been a starter, and doesn't look like he... <laughs> He's gonna be going into this next World Cup. It's very unlikely that he will be the starter. I think in 2018 uh, he was he was the starter, but in 2010 he was uh, coming in for Franco, and then in 2014 he lost the title. The, the yeah to Oribe. Um. So yeah, you're right. For the national team, at least in the World Cup, he hasn't really been the starter. And uh, Raul, uh, like they mentioned in the in the video, he he's just a different kind of breed, man. He's not a traditional nine. He he can also be a ten. He can be the target man. He can hold the ball. He can he can assist. He can he can he can head. He he he's he, he's got a lot of talent, man. And I, uh, I I said it before, and I'll say it again. I hope that Wolves can keep their team together because it's working. Um. And I and I hope that he doesn't get poached by a bigger club. I think that he has a really good partnership with Adamama Traore, uh, and I think the coach is really really good too. I mean, everything is just working. So I, I hope that they can maintain the team and 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 not break them apart and start selling parts because I think they got a good thing going over there in Wolverhampton. Um, trying to think what else happened during the week. I think we lost, uh, Cheekies. <laughs> Cheekies, he said his phone gets lazy, no? Yeah. Um... Oh, um, this isn't really Mexico related, but Leeds United have uh, made it to the Premier League with Biesla. Oh, Biesla, he he promoted them. Yeah, he's quite the celebrity over there. Even uh, they're naming the street after him, Marcelo wow. Biesla Way, or something like that. And so he's he's you know he's got them back in first, and let's. It'll be interesting. I, I like to see him, um, you know, go up against like Pep if he's still at Man, Man City, and go up against some of these coaches. You know, I, I think uh, just the showdowns, you know, against Mourinho and some of these other guys. I, I want to see how he um he had a uh, I mean he was in Mexico, right? He he coached Atlas back in the day. 
he coached Atlas for two years, and uh, he he helped set up the the whole youth system where a, a lot of gems were unearthed. Like Pavel Pardo. Uh, yeah, Marquez and and Borghetti. Oh wow! And uh, I don't know if Pardo was was any tecos, uh, but it was it was a Oswaldo Sanchez. It was wow. A lot, a lot of the players came out through that farming system, but they make it seem like he did all the work. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't just him. He had the. They were already in the team. Was um, uh, Flores, forget his name, uh, and Aguero uh, Real. Those two guys were working there, and and then the, they, both of those guys ended up going to Chivas, and that's where all the Chivas players came out. It was interesting because the ones, the ones that were there with Bielsa, the players that came out, they were like the core of the O six team, and then when these guys went to uh. Chivas, all those players that came out like Massa and Salcido and Chicharro and all those dudes ended up being like the, a big chunk of the, the national team. The Huero Real, then, the Efraín yeah, Flores. Efraín Flores, there you go. Yeah. And then Efraín Flores went to Pachuca and that's where the Chukis and all of them other dudes. I don't know if Chuki, but a good amount, a good amount of yeah. players uh, came out of the whole Pachuca thing. So, I mean, those guys deserve a lot of credit. They don't get it. Uh, Bielsa just came and set up the system. But these guys were the youth coaches. They were the ones doing the day-to-day. Bielsa was in charge of the first team, you know. It's not like he was he's doing the scouting, jumping on the car and <laughs> Ruben Cursi style, driving to the small towns to watch to watch people play pickup games. Um, Yeah, so he was at Alas. He was there like a year, maybe two years. And then uh, he came back later on to play, to coach America. But I don't think he even finished the season. Uh, I'm looking at the dates. So 1993 to 1995, he wanted to be more of like involved in like that in the in the youth thing and then um then he went to America and stuff but i for me it's like we always like we always talk about how we need to export more mexican players abroad to europe but what about coaches man we need we need more coaches coaching abroad you know well, i think it's part of it so, for example, uh, Javier Aguirre played in Spain, and then as a coach, he he sort of had that connection already over there. So he returned. I'm sure if Marquez wanted to coach, you know, he would have he would have found his way there. You know, it's because it becomes a bit easier because uh, you could have connections through agents or through the clubs and whatnot, and they could help place you somewhere, you know, they take over Barcelona B, just how Pep started with Barca B team, not B team, just Barca B. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that's, that's a big part of it. So I think the more, 
the more players that play abroad and are there long enough and to have connects, the easier we'll end up seeing coaches, you know. Yeah, because unfortunately, Aguirre uh, and his coaching uh, in Spain has not gone well. Leganes have been relegated and he has been well, fired. So, <laughs> Aguirre. Well, I think, but I think that was on the cards because it was like a, it was like an uphill battle. And they got to the match against against uh, Madrid. Real Madrid, and they had to win it. Yeah, they tied it. You know, it was a two-two tie. And he's a really small club, man. But I mean, the, the people that saw his work, he's gotten praised for the work he did in the short time he did with that team. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't, I, I don't think he was gonna be there for the long haul. I mean, unless they got promoted. And so then you, there's money to, to put on the team, but being relegated is uh, no money. I got a question for the you. Money disappears. Like it just. Boom, why? Vanishes. Why won't he coach Chivas? I I don't think he's wanted to come back to Mexico. Mm. You know, I don't think he he. He doesn't like the yeah, press. Since he left, I don't I don't know. I don't, and he's, he's the dudes that are just, you know, like you ask him and he's, he's pretty upfront about stuff. Um, not sure, man. It's not sure what it is, but I mean, he's, he's been in, where was he? Japan. Uh, and he was he with Egypt. He's coached, and he, uh, Atlante. He, he won titles with Pachuca. He coached Mexico. Then he went to Osasuna, Atleti. Yeah. Mexico again. Zaragoza, Espanol, Japan. Then he went to Alwanda, Egypt, and then Leganes. So he's he's got some big, big names on that on that uh <laughs> resume, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I he's know why he's he... also been caught up with a lot of uh sketchy stuff, to say the least. I think he I think he the fact that he again in Spain, so I think, because he was being accused of the match fixing, mm -hmm. and so he had to go to court, and that's the customer's job in, in uh, I think, in Japan or something. Yeah, he was coaching uh, Japan when he got uh, hit up. Yeah, about the about the match fixing with uh, Levante. Yeah, yeah, Zaragoza. And mm -hmm. yeah, but I think it was like. They went to trial and uh, they didn't find him guilty of anything. So, and big reason is he was coaching first division again. So I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, if anyone has approached him or or he just doesn't want to be. You know, because because you know Liga Max, you have to be tied to promoters. I, I think he doesn't like dealing with none of that. Not, not, you know. Yeah, you could be right like, with yeah, that. You, you, and then even when it comes to building a team. It's hard to be able to build a team like, like you know, sort of like Pelaez was booted from Cruz Azul because he wasn't working with certain promoters that Cruz Azul always works with, and he was getting players from his own channels. It is what happened with Chivas too when um, when they when they brought in they had Palencia and then they had um, Rafa Puente Jr. 
and then they had, I think La Volpe. I think I think the three of them were at the same time. La Volpe as coach, and then the other two dudes as like, like GM and, and sporting and whatever names they they add up. And so they were beefing it over players because everyone was represented by a different promoter. Wow. Yeah, so it was like, you know, <clears throat> so I think that that's that's always been a big thing there. Like, because like you know, like, like the, he he doesn't have beef with Vergara anymore because he died. So, but did he? I never knew he had beef with Vergara. I think that he, Vergara was one of the uh, owners that wanted him out of the national team. I could be no, wrong. No, but he, no, no, you're you're confusing. Oh. You're, you're you're confusing it with um with uh Ray Milas. That's uh Bucetich. So that is the one that put huh. Yeah, and, and also Hugo Sanchez, I believe. And so yeah, oh. so Bucetich has said it because Bucetich if you could read interviews and he talks about why he wouldn't work with with him. Uh and they tried to get him when they brought in uh, Ordiales, Jaime mm. Ordiales, who had been working closely with with Buse, and then they brought him as GM, and, and then they just put him like a few months later. Um, but no, no, Aguirre, when Aguirre first took over the national team, he landed Osasuna right, right during the group stage. He had already signed with Osasuna or agreed. Uh, so, and then the second time around, he just agreed to take over the team, but he's like, I'm bouncing right after yeah. the World Cup. It was I'm not out. a. I'm not here for the long haul. <laughs> I'm here for so, yeah, uh, then... for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, I, and I think that's what he enjoys that he, he's, hasn't had to like, you know. Yeah, he has, he has like more freedom to move around and all that. He likes doesn't to move get around. Cut up and all the... Yeah. Since yeah, I mean, it doesn't get cut up. He uh, the longest uh tenure he had was with Atleti, from two thousand six to oh no, Osasuna two thousand six to two uh, thousand two to two thousand six, and then Atleti for three seasons, and then since then it's been like a one done, one done thing and, for him. And that Atleti, he. He helped kickstart them because they had not been in Champions League in like 10 years or something like that. And he, he qualified them. Mm-hmm. He took him to the CL. He had Forlan and he had the young Aguero. Well, he's a good coach. But yeah, like you see, like in Mex, a lot of coaches that I guess they don't have the right connects and they end up not being able to get jobs. I guess he's like, I'm going to be kissing ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens to Aguirre and where he goes next, but he obviously has a good agent because he's had some some big names on his resume. Uh, I mean, the fact that he was able to coach Mo Salah is pretty impressive over there in Egypt. Yeah. Um, we actually have uh, someone in the comments. I forgot to check the comments earlier. Uh, but Luis is saying that 
the Chivas deal is forty million from Telemundo. It sounds low. Which that is, I mean, for for Chivas to hold out that long for that kind of money, I think that's a little bit disappointing. Wait, wait, forty million per year or forty? Million? I think it's per year. Well, for year it's it's not bad. Oh, but if that's the total because. When they were with Telemundo back, what was it, like five years ago, they made about 80 million, which was like a four year deal. So it was about 20, 20 million, um, you know. Yeah, because they, million they each, don't, oh. each year for four years. And so they were expecting to get anywhere between 100 to 120. You know, but all these things happened that ended up affecting Chivas. One of them was the whole Disney Fox merger. Oh. And since, uh, yeah, so basically Disney ended up owning the majority of Fox and for Fox Sports since they already have ESPN. So that left Fox Sports, but now they don't, they didn't have money. You know, they weren't tied up with their other, they just, because it, they took over like the whole movie division and and all this other stuff, and they just left like the Fox News and the Fox Sports, and I guess that there wasn't money there to invest, you know, or make big investments. And then Telemundo was tied up with NBC Universal, and I think they put all their money in in EPL. Yeah. You know. And, and uh, so then. Didn't they get the rest then, of the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they pumped in a lot of money into that. So it's like, well, we don't have money right now. And so then that left Univision and they knew, all right, they knew these dudes don't have money. And then they started hardballing Chivas, you know? And then so then that's that's when all that stuff happened. But I guess I guess the money cleared up for them to get Chivas. But yeah, 40 would be a little bit, but I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, but that would be... They, you know, I I don't. Nah, that would be too little. They didn't disclose like almost ten million a year. That's they didn't disclose uh, the I, length though. They didn't disclose the length. It just said multi. And uh, another thing that I keep seeing because they are the same network as NBC. NBC is trying to start their own uh, streaming service called Peacock, and I believe, what? if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be free. You're not gonna pay for 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 Peacock, so I don't know if well, if that's. They gonna... were helping the Chivas TV, right? Huh. I think they were helping the Chivas TV with uh, the streaming. It was somebody else. It was another company that was that was helping them. Although I mean, you could be right. I I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um. But it is obviously good news because. It's not just the men's team. It's going to be the women's team and everything in between. So uh, that's that's definitely going to be a big victory for, for all the all the women out there that follow uh, Norma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, for women <laughs> or men? I think you mean men. No, I think a lot of girls look up to her. And, I mean, they, uh, they, are, they have one of the best cantinas <laughs> yeah, in, in, in Mexico. Um, yeah. so it's, it's, it's good, you know, I mean, uh, they, they've put a lot of effort into the feminine. So 
hopefully it won't get forgotten. Um, Luis also said in the comments, uh, where is it, where is it? He said that Mexico's three next best goalkeepers are all from Chivas, Toño, Godinho, and Lalo, which I don't agree on, but... <laughs> They need playing time, and uh, yeah, they're not all gonna get it, man. Yeah, speaking of playing time, Oribe Pelata still getting playing time in 2020, and it's just sad, man. Those five substitutions have benefited him and him only. Um, <laughs> this guy's he's terrible, man. He needs oh, to man. retire. He needs to retire, man. It's just like, yo, you had a good run, you won us a gold medal in the Olympics, you probably should have retired then because. <laughs> I mean, what what's that saying? Uh, you leave a hero or stay long enough to become the villain. Right now, he's the he's the villain for sure. Yeah, he joined a rival hero clubs. Live long enough to become a villain. Yeah, he <laughs> he 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 uh he joined rival clubs. He went from America to Chivas, and then now he's just terrible, just terrible. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, man, I had high hopes for that guy, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll now, see what happens, man. Now with Chelo Saliva back, I mean, he's that much lower in the pecking order. Um, he should be. Saldivar yeah. had like yeah. And then you. Have, yeah, we talked about Saldivar the other the other time. Yeah, Ronaldo. That's a bad deal, man. Oof. Ronaldo Cisneros, and then. Uh, this is my depth chart right now, okay? So you got Macias, then you have Vega, then you have Cello, then you have Ronaldo, then you have a traffic cone, and then you have, <laughs> then you have Peralta, bro. <laughs> not, not the ball boy. <laughs> not the ball boy or equipment manager. Uh, or for random, random <laughs> ticket number four, five, six. <laughs> you have uh suit up you're playing today you have that uh that security guard the guy that was like pushing everybody around then then you have Perata, man or a raffle you you know like the raffle ticket you know like when you when you buy tickets and yeah it's like this number they <laughs> win the lottery and you win to be a sub in the chiba game <laughs> It's like when they uh, halftime show aisle 15, row three, seat 44. Come on down. <laughs> you're, 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 uh, you're going to be playing. <laughs> oh man. Start warming up in the stands. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting tournament. Uh, we, again, we have a date. Uh, I think Atleti San Luis is going to kick it off. Uh, against Juarez because they usually play on Fridays. So uh, that's going to be, I want to say that's going to be the first game of, of the season. And uh, Do you have the list? Uh, I'm actually going to check right now because for some reason the official website of Liga Mekis is kind of an eyesore. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's kind of hard for me to, 
Mm. Yeah, the Liga Guardianes. So it, when when does it start this week? It does, yeah. Uh, score, schedule. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this. Fernando Tena has uh, COVID, and he seems... We haven't. He, he, he seems fine, though. He, he, he seems fine. He yeah, gave he's... a presser, and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm being quarantined, but I'm... Everything's good. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, you know, he's definitely uh, at risk because of his age. But this guy was like, you know, FaceTiming like it was nothing, man. He was asymptomatic. Um, so he won't be coaching Chivas uh, on their first game of the season. And I always wondered how that happens, you know, or how, do the, how does that work? Is he going to have a walkie-talkie or is he just going to be watching the game like a fan? Like, how involved is he? No. You know, because it's Coyote. He's the assistant coach. So I don't know. I'm looking at. If he's got like. Jornada uno. One AirPod. The in. Guardianes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really, I think Chivas de Hon is, is the best game. Uh, the rest are like. Eh. Yeah. San, so. San Luis Juarez. Meh. Taxa Tigres. No, I don't really care for that. Mazatlan Puebla, that's I could be watching bum fights. What's that? No. <laughs> he said bum oh. fights. <laughs> Cruz Azul Santos, maybe that one could probably be exciting. I'm just like, uh, I'm just thinking like going down the tenderloin in San Francisco and just throwing a nickel <laughs> at some bums and like, hey, <laughs> beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, a few years back there was. You remember they were? There's, I don't know. If they were selling the videos. <laughs> they'll get they'll get bums to fight like street fights. Yeah, oh. yeah. I just I remember that because they were banned, and uh, my I was a I was a kid. I was like, man, I want to say I was in middle school, and uh, my cousin's like, hey, bro, I got it. I got the bum fights. I'm like, what the hell is bum fights? We put the we put the burnt DVD disc in, and I'm just like, what am I wa- what am I watching, man? That's crazy, yeah, man. You could <laughs> hepatitis and shit. But the but uh, my favorite part of the the whole thing is the guy that like the guy the guy that uh, created it. He goes on Doctor. He goes on the Doctor Phil show, and he's wearing oh. he's wearing the same costume as Doctor Phil. <laughs> it's the I funniest thing ever. Now, I'll have to send it to you, bro. It's the funniest thing ever, dude. I'm gonna have to see it. I think it was Santos. That that could be that could be excite. Carlos uh, Atlas. Ah, yeah. Um, Pumas Querétaro. Monterrey, Toluca. That's another one that could be that could be pretty good. And then Pachuca, America. All right, they got some decent games. Yeah, I mean, this, games is, this is the first game of the season. You don't want to give away a Chios America game in the first, you know, first oh, game of the season. Yeah. But um, I yeah, I lied. It so it kicks off on July twenty third, which is actually a Thursday at seven PM. Um Shit. so that two that, days. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, obviously, no fans, so that's a little bit unfortunate. But uh, 
I I I wanted to kind of like rank the teams, but I think that's too much work. I uh, we did talk about it on the last podcast, like uh, some of our predictions of contenders. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Cruz Azul and Chivas. I think that they are the strongest teams going into the regular season. Obviously, it's gonna be a long season. Obviously, there's gonna be a lot more factors to consider because 12 out of the 18 teams will have an opportunity to qualify for the playoffs. And uh, so, you know, you could have a straggler, let's say like America, for example, has a bad tournament, but somehow get that 12th position. They win the the one game uh, wild card and then they get into the playoffs all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden they got this momentum going for them. So it's going to be a long season, but I, I think Cruz Azul has been the most consistent team. And I think Chivas have a lot of fuel. They have a lot of a lot of good things going for them. They have a a nice proyecto, uh, a nice vision, a clear a clear goal. So I think those two teams will will face again in a real turn in a, yeah. in a real final, not not this Mickey Mouse Cup that they. <laughs> that was just preview then. That was just a little that was preview. Just a highlight. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, I still think Tigres and and uh, Tigres Monterrey. Obviously, they have deep squats. Uh, good coaches, I, I think they, they should be in the fight. Uh, and then interesting what's going to happen with Cholos under uh, Ruse. Uh, and then um, America, I, I think they, they can't be discounted. Uh, I, I know people don't like Piojo, but if you see, you know, I, I, I have they even missed Liga with him? It's really rare, you know. Uh, but he's he's always he's always has a team fighting, and uh, despite this bad tournament, I, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be in there, man. They're still gonna be dangerous. Okay, uh, so, fair yeah. enough. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I'll, I'll give Tijuana the dark horse. How about that? I think that for sure they have their uh, their chickens and. And Cholo and Cholo's uh, costumes, because <laughs> they they bought a lot of players from Querétaro. Um, we'll see how Santos hold up. You know, I think they uh, they were up there with Cruz Azul in points, but that was a long, long time ago. So we'll see if they can they can get their their form back. I didn't even know that there was like other friendlies going on during the Copa por Mexico. There was actually some other games going on, but I didn't, I didn't even watch them. Um, I don't think they were like televised or anything, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Liga Mekis returns on July 23rd at 7 PM Pacific time, AKA best coast, AKA West coast time. Um, we're about an hour and 23 minutes in. I think we're going to, we're going to cut it short tonight. Is there uh, any other thoughts you had, Well, Anything you want to shout out or? Nah, that's that's pretty much it, man. <clears throat> Just uh, excited to to the season to start and and Chivas to be in uh, Telemundo. So that's you know that's good. That's all the football I need. <laughs> This is the year. This is the year, you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a, an exciting one for Chivas. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting somewhat back to normal. And uh, for everyone that continues to uh, listen to us every every week, thank you guys for your ongoing support. Luis, 
Everybody's one of the first ones to hop on the live chat. And if you're listening to this uh, after the show, uh, just know that you can, you can find us on YouTube and yeah, uh, you can um, listen to us live when we record. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Cantina MX Podcast. Um, but thank you, Joel. Thank you, uh, Chiquis, uh, who had to leave earlier for hopping on tonight. And I hope everyone has a safe night. Thank <laughs> you.